Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. So the question is uh, about the burden of suffering um, that we have on this planet. And it seems, and I know this is one question that I had, especially as a younger woman, like how could a God, you know, that is pure love, pure light, allow for such suffering, such cruelty to children, to, you know, to the mass of men living quiet lives of desperation. How could it, how could it be? It didn't make sense to me. So it was definitely one of the questions that I asked and I had to answer before I could write this book on love. Hi everyone, I am Crystal Ray. I'm so honored and grateful to be on this channel with Vivian and with all of you. Until after I was 30 something, 35 years old. And that's when I'm, I had the near, near death experience where I was in a car um, in Vail. It's a, like a resort city here uh, for skiing. And it was my first um, adventure uh, from post-divorce. I had two little kids and I was divorced. Um, and I hadn't dated for like a year and a half. And there was a nice gentleman who invited me to go with him and his family. I brought my cousin Carmen with me because I wasn't really ready to go alone with anybody anywhere. When we were going up a mountain, icy roads, and we were hit by a car going 50 miles an hour. And it hit my side of the car, the passenger side. It spun the car around and it threw us off this cliff. We fell 80 feet before flipping 10 times. So just the fact that any of us survived is really quite miraculous. But in that space, when I was out of my body and off of the off the cliff, I came out of my body. And again, I was just like this observer watching from above. And I came into a space with a presence, which was a divinity or a light. It was more of a presence than an embodiment. And I was shown my life in a panoramic view where I saw every kind and unkind act that I had had in my life. And I saw the ripple of those actions as well, how they rippled out for all of time and space, affecting the entire universe and cosmos. And um, when, you, when we think that like our actions don't matter, they do, they matter and they matter a lot. They change everything in the universe. So there was a great kind of sadness because I had realized that I never really, um, I never really embraced my life. I had always tried to be a good person, but there was no joy. And I remember this presence telling me that each soul is here for the joy, for the bliss, absolute bliss is what I was told verbatim. Each soul is here for the absolute bliss of its own existence, which also for me was shocking because again, you know, I came from this dysfunctional home as a child. My marriage was a disaster. My former husband was very unfaithful. Um, I felt like Cinderella, but the, the glass slipper didn't fit. I felt unworthy of love and I felt like, you know, I had to take care of my kids. I had to be good, but there was no joy. 
in my life at that time. And so I was told each soul is here for the absolute bliss. And so what I was shown is that even the, the burdens, even the hardships of life are part of our joy going. And so then this being, this presence, he gave me a choice, basically. And I say he when it really wasn't a he or a she it was just this presence. And I could either stay and I was shown multiple destinies, one of which, you know, I would die, leave my body, leave my children. By the way, I was shown that even if I left my children, they would be fine without me, which was kind of shocking. <laughs> I was like, what? I thought that I was like the center point of their, of their, you know, success or failure, which I was shown that, again, each soul comes for the bliss of its own existence. And if I left the planet, then that would be part of their soul journey, too, and would benefit them. Or if I stayed, I also had choices to come back and um, have some physical disabilities or mental disabilities. There was all kinds of destinies available to me. And this being told me, you need to come back and tell the world that love is all that matters. And it was I was so excited. I was like, oh, I want to do that. I want to come back and tell the world that love is all that matters. And he told me, you're going to write a book, which, by the way, I just finished this book. It's called Love Letters to Your Soul. And it is a spiritual guidebook but at, where it, it talks about the power of love in our life and how to live a more loving and spirit-filled life. So we tumbled down. We ended up at the bottom of this cliff. Um I remember before we stopped rolling, I was shown that there was three things in my life that I had never really paid attention to and that were really poignant and really kind of surprising, these things. So the first thing I was shown is that I was shown like the smell of freshly cut grass, you know, that smell, the aroma of freshly cut grass. And I think that was to represent the earthiness of earth and the, the gift of planet earth. I was shown that I had never really, really seen the gift of mother earth, of our planet and all that she offers to us. And the second thing I was shown was the sun rising and the sun setting. And in this metaphor, I was shown how every day we have a new beginning and we have a time of rest and that these moments of rising and resting were part of the circadian cycle of the human species. And it was really poignant and important that we recognize that we can always start over. We can always begin again, but there is this need to, to rest, to do our work and then to rest and then to start again on a new day. And then the third thing I was shown probably the most poignant was that I had never really reached out and touched anyone, like physically reached out. I was shown the power, the healing power of physical embrace of just simply touching one another. And I was shown like I had, you know, of course I had children, I had hugged people, but I had, you know, it was very utilitarian. I had never really just actually touched one, anyone with the intention of being present and the physical embodiment offers us the opportunity to experience um, each other in a way where we're embodied, whereas when we're in our soul essence, we don't have a body. So it's such a great blessing. And I was shown that this was a blessing that I hadn't really, like even when I was combing my children's hair, I had never really just stroked their head or really touched them with deep loving intent. And there was, again, a great sadness about these three things that I had overlooked, like the the glory of Mother Earth, our beautiful planet, 
the power of of rising and shining and resting and then this this connection that physical connection that we are have with the the physical embodiment so when i woke up at the bottom of the mountain where our jeep was upside down and the wheels were still spinning the lights were on um, glaring into an icy wall that we had crashed into um, the guy that was driving the car, my friend, was completely covered in blood. The my car, Carmen, my cousin, was in the backseat, but she, I guess, I'm not sure exactly where they found her because she wasn't answering. And I was so shocked and so amazed to be alive because I was sure that I was going into the light. So there was a part of me that, because I remember when I lost consciousness, the first thing I said is, oh, I'm going into the light. And so when I came back to consciousness and I was not in the light, I was like surprised. I was like, whoa, <laughs> where's the light? And then I realized, oh, I'm still alive. So the question is uh, about the burden of suffering um, that we have on this planet. And it seems, and I know this is one question that I had, especially as a younger woman, like how could a God, you know, that is pure love, pure light, allow for such suffering, such cruelty to children, to, you know, to the mass of men living quiet lives of desperation. How could it, how could it be? It didn't make sense to me. So it was definitely one of the questions that I asked and I had to answer before I could write this book on love. And I remember one time I went to Unity Church and there was a spiritual teacher there that I liked a lot. His name is Neil Donald Walsh. And I remember it was right after the uh, right after the 9/11 here in the United States when the the terrorist attacks on the towers in New York City, and I remember I was really angry at God. I was and I went I was on stage. This guy called me up and said, "You have a question." And I remember I go up on stage and I'm I'm like, "How is it possible that God, this this loving Creator, could allow for this?" And I remember him distinctly telling me. He said, well, Crystal, he said, you know, you look like you're doing well. You have a nice life. What are you, what are you complaining about? And I said, yeah, but what about Hitler, Stalin, all the people, the genocides, the towers, like not just this suffering of our generation, but suffering of the ages. And he said, OK. He asked me a very poignant question. And he said, is there any darkness in you? Like just a speck. I'm like, okay, yes. Have you ever lied? Yes. Have you ever stolen? Yes. Have you ever killed even a mosquito? Just killed a mosquito, stepped on an ant. Have you killed, eaten an animal? Yes. He said, work on that. The war inside of you, work on that. The scarcity inside of you, the perversion inside of you, work on that. And if each one of us were to work on that, then this world would be a completely different world. So within that context, let me answer your question. We, as the essence of God, we burst into particles of light. And for the joy, let's just say, God burst into particles of light because that which is most beautiful, you and me, creation, coming into existence. We are given free will. 
the most beautiful gift that you could possibly be given, free will. Free will to do what? Whatever we want, that's what. We can lie, we can steal, we can kill, we can love, we can be kind, we can be generous. We get to choose. But the one thing that we don't get to choose is the destination of our journey. Because like always attracts like, and we are child of the God. We are the children of the divine. So our experiences here enrich and enliven and educate the whole of existence, not just our own soul, because each soul is so unique and so necessary and the experience is so profound that we have that it enhances even our creator. In other words, we are God experiencing himself, itself, as more God within a paradigm where of forgetfulness, where we have free will on our way back to the divine with the precious pieces of light, information, pieces of the night, information that we take back and therefore is the expansion of the whole. And by the way, it was also shown that um, each soul comes here for the bliss of its own existence. And I was shown that our lives are like movies, like the, a movie theater. You see these shadows and light, right? So you go to a theater and you see a horror film or you see a comedy or you see a cartoon or you see a love story, but it's just a movie. At the end of the movie, the lights go off, the camera goes off, the screen is still white, still pure, untouched. Even if there's murder on the screen, even if there's a love scene, even if there's cartoons, the screen is always the same. The screen is never touched, never hurt, never affected by the stories. And that's our soul. And that's God. Untouched, but enlivened by the experienced. The soul is forever pure, untouched. And even me, as I realized when I came out of my body, there is no pain even if the body is in pain, because we are spiritual beings and the body is something like a costume that we let go of. And so we're very attached to the body and to our personality and to this life, but entertain the idea that maybe we've existed for all of time and space, had many bodies, many experiences, all contributing to the whole. And we joyously came down knowing there was darkness, knowing there was contrast, and also knowing that the soul is untouched is not an unkind universe. And by the way, if anyone is in giant pain about to die, they float out of their body. When pain no longer serves the soul, and so many times like in war and things like this, I've read lots of stories about people in war. They, they're blown up in a bomb and they're watching their body run around on fire and they're up here watching, no pain, pure bliss, and then if they come back into the body, of course, there's pain if they're if they need to come back. But the soul is un, is unaffected. But the whole of creation is benefited. And God in particular, like the God force, which is all of us in uh, in union, is enlivened by each story. And by the way, every soul is necessary and unique. And without each soul, none of us could exist. It would be like taking a piece of the puzzle out and the whole puzzle would collapse. So nothing is unnecessary. The odds of you and me being born are astronomical 
against the probability of us even existing. And yet here we are. And the reason we are here is for love. And that's a great comfort to know that you are not alone. You are not here by default, that this is bringing your soul, the, the gifts and the seeds of growth um, that happen here, like a single seed, one life can create a complete forest in the universe. So there is a great comfort in knowing that. And then we do have tools here to deal with it. And again, I was told to put that sound and light is the future of medicine. One of the most profound things that you can do is to take a sound bath. And there's a lot of them on YouTube here everywhere where you hear these high vibrational instruments. And why it's so important and so healing, I actually lead a sound bath every Friday night because we are light energy. And like a tuning fork, if you hit one tuning fork, it vibrates at the same resonance, makes all the other tuning forks resonate equally. So what happens in a sound bath, which is a really sacred uh, meditation with high vibrational crystal bowls, gongs, bells, and such chanting, is that it attunes our cells, heightens our energy so that we can heal and that we can enliven ourselves. Because when we get into fear, because there's only two states to be in, in this life. One is love and the other is fear. When we are in a state of fear, it dampens the light of our very cells, which creates dis-ease in the body. And so when we can stay in this high vibrational state, um, or at least reset by listening to these high vibrational sounds that reset the cells in the future. And even now they found that some, I was, somebody sent me the other day, a really cool video showing how sound and light are now being used to kill cancer. Um, cells, which doesn't surprise me at all, because it is a vibrational universe. I mean, if you look into quantum physics, you'll see that on a subatomic level, we are sound and light, we are vibration, we are energy. And that can go really deep, a deep conversation. So I don't want to go there, but I want to keep it in a way that's more understandable. Just think of it this way. Like when you're in the company of a great avatar, of a great spiritual teacher, there is like an osmosis or a, um, a connection that happens where you are lightening up. And that's what those sound instruments are. And um, they've done studies now where they've sent out a laser light. It's come back so fast that it was back before it left. So that means time travel is possible which means the only moment that's ever truly here is the present moment. And in the present moment, you can change your life. Many of the circumstances of our lives are based on vibrational resonance. In other words, when we lighten up our energy, when we heighten our energy, we will attract less and less of the darker energies into our life. So it is a process that we are all going through of making more enlightened choices um, so that we have a different, then even if the world is falling around us, our light will be so bright that in our space, we will not experience that. So the world does not experience the same for all of us. Um, some people cannot even hear my words because they're in a place that's so dark that these words are not passing, you know, they're not entering 
So you have to be at a certain residence even to receive the teachings. And this is not a like a, a judgment of good or bad, by the way. This is just a place, a placekeeper. For example, if you're in kindergarten, it doesn't mean that you're less worthy of somebody who's in college. It just simply means that's where you are today. And you are on the evolutionary path. So those people in this darker places will too blossom, will too bloom, will too. We will all inevitably, without any doubt, without exception, find our way back to our source, back to our loving creator. And our journey will be of such value to the whole of creation that the entire universe and universes will expand in ways that are blossoming and beautiful and create more love and more light. So I want to thank everyone for joining me tonight and to my host, Vivian, for inviting me. That was so lovely to be on your show. And um, thank you. I want, to, I want to say that this is a divine meeting of our souls. It's not by chance that you're watching this. You're meant to be here and to meet me because our souls have known each other in many lives. And I'm so honored to meet you again and to be part of your spiritual journey. Remember, I do have this book out, uh, Love Letters to Your Soul. You can find it on Amazon. I hope you enjoy it. You can open this book to any page and you will find uh, meditation and some spiritual guidance and a lot of love. It's a very loving book. I wrote this book because I wanted to write a book where on every page that you open, you felt held cradled, embraced in the truth and divinity of love. And the last thing I'd like to say as we conclude today is that it is true that love is all that matters. In every moment, ask yourself, is this my most loving thought, word, and action? And if it is, do that. And if it's not, then choose again. And that will be the solution to your life. I promise you it works. You have to try it for yourself, though. If you'd like to contact me, you're welcome to contact me at crystalraysoul.com, which is my website, or Crystal Ray, um, or at love is, what is it? Love is why, right? At iCloud. Love is why at iCloud. That's my uh, email address. So it's nice to meet you all. I send you blessings, lots of love, and I'll see you soon.